Shingles and gentlemen, please give a big Melbourne welcome to the three top drivers, Philippa Massa, Robert Kubica and race winner Jensen Button, who will now all be arrested for driving like bloody maniacs. That is the sound of the speedsters warming up our throats after a short <laughs> night of sleep and an early morning of that's motor quite, racing. Yeah, that's quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> never normally warm up. Because it was necessary today. The trick is to start at ten. You go ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, and then you're Michael Bortolo. Oh, you see, that's the experienced broadcaster at work. That's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't I know see, that. Yeah. <laughs> good morning, race fans. Uh, good morning, Richard Zog. Uh, did good you morning. enjoy the F1 race at Melbourne? What we watched, what was great? Not oh. that that's a leading question. Blimey, yes. I think after a rather disappointing opening race, that was back to what we really want to see. Fantastic race. Plenty of passing, plenty of on-track excitement. And I thought it was fantastic to see... Button getting that result, and you know, although I thought Lewis would dominate him probably throughout the season, mm. uh, you know, uh, me too. It, just taking two races, and when he had the car and the opportunity was there, drove a beautiful race, made a very smart decision at the right time. Yeah. Now I'm going to eat some words on this because I think I've been banging on a lot recently, going, "Oh yeah, Lewis will be all over mm. Jensen," and that Hamilton is mentally stronger and doesn't crack under pressure, and actually. What happened in yeah. that race? Hamilton's on the radio whining to the mechanics during Before the race. Before they'd even finished and the race. The, and that's the kind of thing. And I was, I was dissing Button for that last season. That, guys, why is the car so bad? Which I thought mm. was terrible teamwork. And now Hamilton, of all people, is doing that. So I've ragged on Jensen for, for being the whiner because it turns out that Hamilton's all coming apart at the seams already. Yeah. Curious you should say that because I was discussing with Zog before the race this, I'm not sure if it was a statement but I read somewhere on a very reputable F1 website that a senior McLaren official was concerned for Lewis's fragility, the fact that he was fragile and broken, I think were the words they used, or something right. very like that. Really? And this was mainly down to this whole incident of him fishtailing and donutting a Mercedes on the streets of Melbourne on, was this the Friday night really? when he got banged? Can I just yeah, say, the I mean, reporting of that has been shockingly sh- um, hey! No, but don't mince your words. Come on, tell, tell because, me. Because um, the, as far as I can work out, he didn't donut the car. Now we know oh. donutting is spinning the car within its own length. You know, you give it a bootful yep. with a bit of lock on, and then you spin the car round. He wasn't doing that, as far as I can work out. He came round a corner, and it's a five hundred odd horsepower rear wheel drive car. He clogged it with the traction control off as you might, particularly if you're a racing driver and you're well able to control such a thing, and lit up the back tyres a bit. The Australians are very, very strict about such stuff. I was in Sydney recently, mm. and for those of you who know Sydney, there's an area called The Rocks just down I below know the Harbour Bridge. Yeah, I was there. On Saturday nights, that whole area is locked down. You have to get permission from the policeman who is guarding the road that leads around the rocks to go down there. We were staying in a hotel down there and the guy who was driving the car had to pull over and go, I'm just going to this hotel, you know, I'm not a hooligan because that mm. road was so popular amongst 
people who wanted to rag their cars up and down. So the Aussies take this very seriously, and that's why they collared him. But as far as I know, he did not donut the car, because that if you donut on a public road, that is stupid. It's, but yeah, if you agreed. just give it a Absolutely. bit of wheel spit, I mean, for God's sake... You it is technically, uh, under the, the uh, highway code in Britain, it is still technically loss of control of the car, so you're not showing... But he's a racing up. driver. He exactly. was completely in control. Uh, well, yes, and we know that, but as you said, loss of control of the car, and I believe the offence that he would have committed under Australian law is deliberately breaking traction. There's some yeah. offence to do with deliberately breaking traction mm. of the wheels. And I think he'll get a penalty for this. I mean, he may well get a penalty from the Australian authorities, but I get the feeling the FIA will have their pound of flesh from Lewis for this, because, you know, racing drivers... Oh, yes, yes. Now, Lewis will be rostered, mark my words, on an right. FIA safe driving campaign <laughs> at some point. It happened to Shumi in the past, too, I'm pretty sure. But what would they do with Lewis? Hello children, I'm Lewis Hamilton and I'm here to talk to you about safe driving. Now safe driving means staying in full control of your 451 horsepower Mercedes C63 that you don't have because you're not a Formula One driver. So this is basically a complete waste of your time and mine. Weber had a busy old weekend as well, didn't he? Weber. 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 Hey, he's starting to sound Austrian, though, have you noticed? He's starting to sound a little bit like this. It's very weird for a lad. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's the the Austrian influence of Red Bull. They try and standardise the names of products around the world. So, you know, it's like Jif became Sif and Snickers, which is the marathon in this country. And and I just wonder if that Mark Webber should just standardise his name in the Australian pronunciation. So just put three extra A's in yeah. his first name Mac. and then replace the E with an I. And, and it, Mark Webber. Yes, right. There you go. <laughs> Everyone around the world. Oh, who's that guy? Oh, yeah, it's Mark Webber. And you already start to sound Australian or Austrian, depending on which fancy. <laughs> and the other thing I noticed the other day, talking about accents, is um, in the Williams garage, you've got Nico Hulkenberg. Mm-hmm. Rubens Barrichello and Rubens's old Scottish mentor Jackie Stewart because Jackie Stewart is the RBS yeah. ambassador yeah. and RBS sponsor Williams of course so mm-hmm. you had Rubens and Jackie locked in a conversation so what, what do you think you think I should perhaps uh, take that first corner a little slower that was <laughs> Rubens you know <laughs> Jackie's I, been a big influence I, on Rubens, hey, Rubens I, for a long you, time I got bumped I was on the radio uh, yesterday morning talking nonsense on Five Live and I got bumped by an hour because they rang me when I was on my way over there and went, um, yeah, can we move you back to 8.40? It's just that uh, we were going to have you at 7.40, but now we've got Jackie Stewart. And it's very hard for me to go, no, I want to do that. Because let's be honest, they've got someone better. And there's no way you can come back and go, oh, well, I'm not doing it then. Because it's just obviously they're going to choose Jackie Stewart. And Jackie came on and he knocked me out. No, no. You should have done it for them. No, no. (laughs) I could have never known. An imposter. We should briefly point out at this point that this Jackie Stewart of whom you speak is the same Jackie Stewart who did not crash the the Zelda oh, yeah. that, <laughs> that you, Gareth, do not know. That, that is correct. Jackie Stewart did not crash. This news story that I've heard all week. I, I don't know if anyone followed this, but it suddenly emerged on the web <laughs> some 48 hours ago that some Pagani Zonda had been crashed. It was Britain's biggest insurance claim yeah. because of the amount well, of damage done. So- 
the insurance company is claiming yeah, whilst ma- getting some exactly. publicity. Exactly, it was a press release. Um, yeah, because of that, I think we should strenuously use the wrong name for them. Norwich Union, who have stupidly <laughs> changed their name to something rubbish like Consignia. Uh, lots of these. So Norwich Union are getting lots of publicity out of this thing. Um, it's not Britain's biggest car insurance claim because... No, it made a good story. Big, no, yeah, I think it's well, the biggest insurance claim for a car that's being repaired, perhaps, rather than a payout on a car that's been duffed. That sounds reasonable, Maybe. because on the whole, if you've got £300,000 of the damage yeah. to a car, you it's probably a write-off. You <laughs> exactly. Know. Anyway, so uh, Norwich that, Union are claiming that, but they're sort of glossing over the other bit. Stupid but, Norwich Union. But, but when this story first broke, it appeared in, a, I believe, an American car website. Which, Jalopnik, yes. Yeah, Jalopnik, which said that the car was owned by Gareth Jones, presenter of Gareth Jones on Speed. It was owned by a Gareth Jones, not this one. One of the many other Gareth Joneses that there are. I mean, no offence, mate, but your name's not that unusual, is it? It's, it's just... the Welsh equivalent of John Smith. It yeah. truly is. You couldn't be more Welsh than Gareth Jones. All right, yeah. so you've got both then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this Gareth Jones used to produce Depeche Mode, famously. Yeah, uh, Gareth yeah. Jones, the investigative journalist who was murdered by the Chinese for uncovering... No, uh, that was you. Remember, you were murdered oh, yeah. by the Chinese that, that time. That was me, I forgot that one. Then but was, then you escaped and you're Zonda. Yeah. <laughs> and then later went on to be the Gareth Jones who in the 1950s died live on the radio whilst performing a live radio play and the other actors had to jam around him. They had to improvise around Seriously? Him. You Seriously, around, famously. Wow. Yeah. God, you've had a life. I, it's, I've had four lives. I've been... <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like the doctor. Like, I've been regenerated. I went through a period where Gaz Top played me as well. Oh, that's right, I remember that. No, that really was you. <laughs> I digress. So, yes, I thought that was really strange. The fact that Jalopnik ran with it. And I actually had a message from the editor of Jalopnik. There's a guy called Ray, who I'm friends with on Twitter. And he went, you work with Gareth Jones, what's the story? And at that point, I didn't know what he was on about. And I thought, well... Gareth probably knows about as much as me and then later discover it was your car except of course it wasn't and I thought well actually those people at Jalopnik probably don't listen to the show because you'd think you'd have mentioned having a Zonda on this programme what is about cars and stuff I, it yeah. might have passed through my lips <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know when we go I would how's go your car it. running what my Zonda oh it's not supposed to say that sorry <laughs> Lexus <laughs> <laughs> weren't we talking about Formula One at one point before that news yeah, story we, broke we, we, we talk, Mark Webber there we go Mark yeah <laughs> Busy old weekend for Mac Wibber. Mm. Bit too busy, yeah. yeah. I, mean, you know, I mean, you know, one of the things busy that uh, you love about him is well, Hamilton, like a big idiot. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you, well, one of the things you love about Mark Webber is you know, his determination. He you know he won't give something yeah, up, and absolutely. we sort of saw sort of in a, in a sense, you know, the other. The good and the bad side of that. Webber got past Hamilton when he made a little mistake, and then Hamilton got straight back at him. And then, you know, they were having a great scrap throughout the race. But mm. then, yeah, he was just hanging on a little bit too hard into that corner and stuffed Lewis up the back. It was, ab- you know, there. completely in as much as it was anyone's fault, it was 100% Webber's fault. You know, yeah. he in made as it, much it was his fault. Well, it was completely Webber's fault. No, I agree with you, absolutely. I don't want to point the finger of blame, but I'm blaming Webber for You want them to race. You allow them a bit of sort of... I don't want to name names, but it was Mark Webber. I'm not sure entirely who was to blame, but it was Mark Webber. It was certainly Mark Weber. I'm glad you were able to read through the lines there. <laughs> no, the thing is, you're right, but it was. Yeah. It was completely Weber's fault. He just went in a bit hot and bang. Yeah. That was that was um, all over for both of them. Silly. And, and Shumi was trying his darndest in the last few laps as well. I mean, mm. he, who was he passing at one point? And he, oh, it was a bit touch and go, to be fair. Well, um, it, it, Degrassi had a yeah. go yeah. back at oh, him, yeah. which, was, which reminded me of um, Wurtz, Alexander Wurtz. There was that great, the, the first time we sort of saw Wurtz in a race was at Monaco yeah. when uh, Schumacher took him and then immediately afterwards, uh, you know, 
that but comes back at him after the hairpin. Mm. In um, the Benetton. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so good for Degrassi. And, um, I don't think I saw the Degrassi thing, because I have to confess, I missed the first hour of the race <laughs> due to a clock's going forward snafu in my house. Um, I'm going to watch it later on iPlayer, but I gather it was really good. But then I did yeah, see Schumacher st- later on. He was towards the end of the race, I think that's what you're talking about, isn't it? He was tussling uh, with... Uh, not Hulk. Well, he, he was stuck behind. Um, was it Alagashwari? Alagashwari, yeah. Yes. And then, I mean, he, and he did take him a few laps before the end, but he was stuck behind him for a fair old while. Of the new teams, very pleased that Karen Shanduk finished the race four laps down in 14th. Well done, Karen. Crikey. Bit of a shocker. Yes. And uh, another stalwart performance by Lotus Cosworth. They put Kovalainen in at 13th with Mike Gascoigne tweeting from the pit wall throughout the race. I'm following him. Was it? I is would it have th- thought he would have more to do. That's what well, I was thinking. I thought that the first time I saw, you know, and this was during a racing in the last one, you know, you know Mike, or it was, mm. dur- it was during practice, yeah, Mike Gascoigne just tweeted from the pit. Like, what are you doing? Tweet, get him to work. And it's really him. Allegedly. Yeah, we, 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 we think it probably is, actually. Hey, I've got to, sorry, this is sort of irrelevant, but I, I put a new issue of Sniff Petrol up on Friday. I did a mock advert for Sir Sterling Moss as the fall guy the 80s um, we laughed comedy? we liked that a it. comedy or what I don't know it was kind of, anyway. an action, action entertainment the stuntman yeah. one with, the stuntman um, yeah he's the unknown stuntman that yeah. made Redford look so fine and Sir Sterling Moss's Twitter feed which I'm guessing is actually done by someone for him it's not really him although I gather he's now out of hospital he's pretty tech he's pretty yeah. teched up though he's well anyway um, gave me a shout out for it and said it's hey, very funny, excellent. which has just made my day. That was, that was so yeah. cool. Um, I forgot to mention it, in fact, on the on Twitter itself, but I'm mentioning it now. So someone within the Sir Sterling Moss organisation certainly oh, has given that a thumbs up, which is good, because I was a bit worried that it might be in bad taste, even though it was supposed to be done with affection. But no, it's got the uh, seal of the right Sterling Moss. But Mike Gascoigne twittering during the race. Well, it seems to work. You got half the team there, where many of the other teams, including Virgin, didn't manage it. banged up a tweet a couple of days ago regarding the speculation about the suspension system in the Red Bull because I realised we do need to talk about this very briefly but we should you know Red Bull are running at ultra low ride height so I cut it up a comedy photo which I, I hope saw. got a smile yeah. but just on the subject of the Red Bull being so quick Ross Braun asked for clarification about what they are and aren't allowed to do with suspension to be able to control the ride height like that. Yeah. Zog and I are trying to reason it through. This there was talk of some ratchet, ratchet arrangement yeah. that was allowing them to ride low in qualifying, but then not get any lower when they put all the fuel on board. Mm. Yeah, who knows how it works. Yeah, it's it's some fiendishly clever F1 stuff. Well, uh, people are talking about ratchets at the moment. They talk about a mechanical system. But Ross Braun, when he said, I want clarification went on to say a couple of other things. which I, I don't know if everyone caught. He said, well, we'd be concerned about temperature and the effect on the gases in the dampers. Hmm. So they're talking about routing the exhaust gases in such a way 
that it will change how they're doing it at the front heaven only knows it's one possibility but are they doing something at the back which allows the gas in those dampers to behave differently under different circumstances when they heat up is there some kind of aerodynamic device which comes in over a certain speed to do that I mean I'm, yeah. I'm just interpreting what I understood from what he said I'm not it's suggesting. all getting a bit strange isn't it but also we come to a point where in 2010 a Formula 1 car has an aerodynamic system that relies on the driver's knee blocking right. a hole. It's a it, bit bloody Heath Robinson, isn't it? It's just in a wonderful way. I mean, well, I, 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 I admire the ingenuity, but at the same yeah, time, and I always thought, you know, Formula One should be the white heat of progress. It should lead the way. I'm starting to think, strip it right back. They've got to have minimal aero, and they've got to have the most bog basic things. Because you look at something like NASCAR, which is so simple that it's almost moronic mm-hmm. but entertainment entertainment mm-hmm. and and i think we've got to abandon this idea that formula one because we all know that formula one technology largely doesn't improve road cars in any tangible way that road car development happens in parallel rather than as being a direct corollary of stuff that happens in motorsport so let's just focus on the entertainment and make formula one cars simple yes and no i would say that being at the cutting edge or, or saying you're at the cutting edge doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing things that directly benefit road cars and i think there is absolutely a place for one being some kind of technical pinnacle. I mean, Mm. yes, you could argue that if you're taking off all kinds of systems like traction control, you know, you are actually removing a technical area in which you can do work which is relevant to to the real world, but we want better racing. The thing about drivers controlling airflow and da-da-da, I admire the ingenuity of it, it's a great solution, but you don't want to have drivers sort of flailing around like an octopus in the cockpit to control airflow to different bits of the car. It's dangerous. So if teams take this too far, you know, they're going to have to ban it. Somebody pointed out that we predicted this a couple of years ago where we were talking about the hole in the Ferrari's The Ocarina, yeah. And you could play it. We were right. We didn't Mm. know we were right. That's Gareth Jones and speed ahead of our time. So having seen two races now, guys, how's it looking for the season? Button's position briefly in McLaren. Suddenly Lewis is under threat. How serious should we take that? Well, I mean, it's actually rather reminiscent in a way of last year. It suddenly feels very much like last year when Button went into the season with a team that was going nowhere, horrible shape, and they came out with spectacular form, winning the first races, and... And here, we've, Button has gone into the season with people saying, why is he going to McLaren? He's obviously going to get hammered by Lewis. He's going to have a rotten season, terrible decision. You know, and two races in, he's won his first race for McLaren, beating Lewis fair and square, and good on him. Fantastic race for him. And he's now well in that group of drivers who are going to be fighting for the championship. So, yeah, very exciting. Rich? I agree with all of that. And, yeah, it was a dismal start to the season, but now Formula 1's back in the game. It's interesting again. So, Malaysia, how's that going to be? Wet. It'll be wet. Yeah. It'll be wet. And Shumi was always good there in the past, but he's going to have to try and catch Nico, who's really getting away from him. I'm deeply impressed with Nico. Well done. Yet to be impressed with Nico Hulkenberg, who I think is great. He's had two rubbish races. But hey, all very, very exciting. There'll be more in another Gareth Jones on Speed before long. In fact, which is in 11 days. He was Richard. Goodbye. He was Zog. Goodbye. And I was Gareth. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!